Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What up, folks? Welcome in to another edition of The Edge Flying Solo today. Matt Humans is on a well deserved vacation for the next few days, but a good show on tap nonetheless. Coming up 30 minutes from now, Dave Coke, a professional better, is going to be with us. Smoking Coke is going to help us. Go through the rest of the late slate in Major League Baseball. We've got a bunch of day games that are currently underway. The most important of which that has the attention of everybody in studio would be the Cincinnati Reds taking on the Milwaukee Brewers uh, because well, the Reds were beating the crap out of the Milwaukee Brewers for a minute. But 14-10 right now, runner on second with one out. Reds are trying to get out of this one in a high-scoring affair. We will see if that will indeed be the case. It's a very hard hit ball out to center, and uh, that is going to drop. So it looks like this is going to get to 14-11. to and the Brewers are trying to rally here in the ninth against the Cincinnati Reds. So we're going to keep track of this thing uh, as the show goes along. Man, it would be brilliant if the Reds blew this. But I actually feel conflicted because I'm also laughing at everybody and their mother who jumped on the trend to fade the Reds. And since then, they've won three out of four games. But I kind of want the drama of the Reds blowing this thing. That'd be a lot of fun, right? So we'll see if that, uh, that holds true here. So again, Reds close about a plus 180 underdog in this matchup against the Milwaukee Brewers. Also matters, too, because yesterday, the Cincinnati Reds, who were taking on the Milwaukee Brewers in, a, uh, in their matchup, uh, ended up losing 5-4, to four, not covering, or excuse me, covering the run line, not losing by more than two. And that has, of course, been the trend for the Cincinnati Reds. We've got a ground out. All right, two outs. See if the Reds can hold on here. With that, let's talk a little bit about the NBA and what happened yesterday. Uh, First off, though, big picture stuff. As last night in the association, as has been the case uh, throughout this round of the postseason, the home teams held serve. Uh, They won. They covered. And this continues to be a pretty strong trend here in the conference semifinal round. How about this? 
after last night's results, the record for home teams, 15-3 and three straight up. They are 14-4 and four against the spread. They are covering these games by an average margin. Again, covering, not winning. They are covering these games on average by about 8.3 points per game. And the average net rating for these home teams uh, in the postseason's conference semifinal round, outscoring opponents by 12.5 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time minutes, according to Cleaning the Glass. It has been crazy just watching these teams get back home and look completely different from the team that was on the road in the prior two games of these series. And there's the cliche of role players play better on the, uh, you know, at home than on the road, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I, I think it's mind-boggling how strong this has been for home teams in this round, especially after what happened in the first round where road underdogs were actually uh, – the thing they were actually the one that were coming through in a lot of these games and in the first round of the postseason road underdogs because of the way that they had been playing actually had gotten home court down to being worth one point but now as of yesterday's results the way that I calculated a home court worth now three and a half points in this postseason because of this run of home dog or excuse me because of these uh, this run of home teams I will say um that I'm still calculating home court being worth three, uh, but the way that I calculated, again, finding the median results of all of these uh, matchups, that it is pretty crazy that these home teams have come on so strong that that process has home court being worth three and a half points at this point of the postseason. It's also worth noting that of all the teams in the conference semifinal round, all of them have a positive net rating except for one. And a positive net rating at home, I should put that. And that would be the Milwaukee Bucks, which brings us to this next matchup. Celtics, of course, taking on the Milwaukee Bucks later tonight. Bucks trying to avoid on the road that um, you don't want to call it a hole that you can't get out of because there's been teams that can get out of a 3-2 series hole. But still, you want to avoid a 3-2 series hole because game five, always pivotal when it comes to these games. But before we focus on a side, I wanted to talk a little bit about the total because I think this has been pretty interesting. As we know, the first three games of this series all went under the total. Defensive affairs, low-scoring affairs, some rock fights, dramatic ones at that, the Saturday final, game three. But look at some of these numbers. So we see the totals from the first four games of this series up to this point. Game one, total closes 218.5, goes well under with 190 points. Now, I'm going to get to that final right column, too, in a second, the shot quality score. But game two, total closes 215.5. We get a three-point adjustment on that closing total, 195 total points scored. So we get to game three, another three, it's actually three-and-a-half-point adjustment on the close, 212, 204, the final total under yet again so the first three games go under the total and then they finally break through game four 213 and a half we got some buyback there in terms of the over finally goes over total point score 224 and a half and you see the shot quality scores on the right shot quality pretty basically put is they take the they take the shots that these teams take uh, you can look at it in terms of the average on those shots taken like a league average on those attempts and it gives you essentially like a shot quality score what kind of shots were these guys taking uh, the shot quality then calculated and what would this score look like if they hit at those marks and the first two games right in line with what we saw right 102 to 99 the shot quality score there 98 98 the shot quality score between them in game two but you see the adjustments there for games three and four this this game between these two is opened up in those two games in Milwaukee 115 to 114 shot quality score there game four 117 to 111 I would urge you to go up on Twitter follow shot underscore quality up there they have all these metrics and numbers um, but you can see that the key difference for games three and four is that these games have kind of opened up and we finally saw that get over the hump in game four which brings us to today so we see the game set up on the board right now opens up 214 and a half market's actually down to about 213 uh no 212s and a half so that i am seeing at this point right now but what interests me here is i i, I am um 
I'm going to go back to the well here and play in this game over the total because of what we've seen each of the last two games. Game three was a pretty quick affair. They were up and down the floor. You're seeing that they're generating open looks. They're just not hitting them until finally in game four. Uh, in terms of wide open looks and the shot, uh, the shooting percentage on those wide open looks, Celtics and Bucks well below average in this series up to this point right now. And then you look at it just anecdotally. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo is having to do a lot on both ends of the floor, and he's getting nothing in terms of help from the other guys around him, right? They really miss uh, Chris Middleton in this series. And they do wonder if that takes a toll in terms of the ability on the defensive end to consistently play hard on that end of the floor. It's a really tough thing to do if you're Giannis Antetokounmpo to continue the defensive intensity. You also tie that in with the shot quality and the fact that these games, the last two especially, should probably have been higher scoring than usual. And while Giannis has been fantastic – I just think that now when you get back home, Celtics role players, as we've kind of talked about already, right, these offensive role, these role players having more of an offensive impact when they get to be at home, I think you're going to see another higher scoring affair. Market doesn't, uh, doesn't agree with me, though. Again, opened up 214.5 all the way down to 213 here. But I'm willing to kind of go against the grain and bet this thing over 213. And also, you never want to be too scared of playing against the market. Remember, on Sunday, uh, the Dallas Mavericks all getting all the way up to plus three against the Phoenix Suns and ultimately winning that game outright, never even um, in danger of missing out on that. Now, as far as the side is concerned, Boston, five and a half points here. Uh, Mar- or Bet MGM, I should put it that way. Shaded to the favorite side at minus 115. I think there's a lot of thought that, hey, you know what, this might be a little high in favor of the Boston Celtics, but going back to how we open up the show here, when you're talking about home court and what that's worth and how you judge these things, if you're talking about three being your home court advantage, you can get there in terms of five and a half right now. I think it's a shade high, like a half point thereabouts for the Boston Celtics. But still, they're a higher rated team than the Milwaukee Bucks without Chris Middleton. So you get that difference here. And you're also talking about two, right? They were one point underdogs in that game, in game four. That translates if you swing that back, you know, three points worth of home court, that swings you back to four, or excuse me, five uh, back at home. So again, going back to the point that might be a half shade higher. But I'm really fascinated by the Celtics and their ability to play offensively because it is Boston that has two games in which they have an offensive rating in this series of 117 or better, not the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks have in the conference semifinal round uh, the worst offensive rating among the teams that are currently still alive in this round of the postseason. The Bucks have consistently struggled to score on that end of the floor. If you look at some of the numbers behind some of these guys in terms of the role players uh, for Giannis Antetokounmpo around him in terms of the offensive output, Bobby Portis, 13 total points in the last two games. Brooke Lopez, 9.5 points per game. Pat Connaughton, most consistent role player, 10.8 points per contest, 46.9% shooting from three. Drew Holiday is, again, kind of struggling to contribute anything consistently offensively, 33.6% from the floor. Not even from three, from the floor, from the floor and 30.9% from deep. Also, I would say that um, he had that really nice alley-oop to Lopez late in that last game. Yeah, it wasn't alley-oop. It was a missed shot. Lopez was just right there to clean it up and put it back. But regardless, I, I think to me, from a side perspective, if you're twisting my arm, it's right on the number, so I'm not going to play anything. But I do think the Celtics are going to win this game. I think they take a 3-2 series lead. I think they've been the most consistent team from a defensive standpoint. I mean, you look at that fourth quarter for them, too, in that last game. An offensive rating of 187 for the Celtics in that fourth quarter in game four. 
Like, they have been the team that has shown the biggest uh, spikes in terms of offensive efficiency in this series, not so much the Milwaukee Bucks. And then on the road to ask these guys to kind of step this up again, I think it's going to be a pretty tough outcome for the Milwaukee Bucks here. So over the total there, we'll have more on that, of course, when we get to best bets. Uh, and then we have the Warriors and the Grizzlies later today. This is pretty – this is a fascinating situation, I think, from a – like a, just a spot, right? People love spots. I know Matt Brown laughs at, at people when they bring up spots in betting. But this does seem like a really, really poor situation for the Memphis Grizzlies. You're catching four, total of 219. You put everything you possibly can into a game four loss to the Golden State Warriors. You play a fantastic defensive game. You hold the Golden State Warriors down. You're on the verge of winning that game. But your half-court offense and your offense in general is so poor that allows the Golden State Warriors in that game to get back in it. And ultimately, because you failed to close it with your poor shooting, both overall and there's some poor missed shots in terms of the free throws as well. Now, all of a sudden, you're staring at a 3-1 series hole, and yes, you're back home, and yes, your home crowd could give you a little bit of a boost going back to these role players playing well and all of these things that we talked about with home court. But at the end of the day, situationally, after you get the news that that guy right there, John Morant, is not going to be available, which seems like for the rest of the postseason, doubtful the official term for the rest of the postseason, it seems like a really, really bad situation for the Memphis Grizzlies. I was texting with Doug Kazarian earlier today, uh, ESPN, and was really thinking that uh, this <laughs> that this was going to be a uh, a situation. I'm sorry, the Jordan Poole picture just makes me laugh. Um, that this is going to be one where you're looking at this a a really good start for the Memphis Grizzlies coming out of the gun, and then hopefully getting a cheaper price on the Golden State Warriors in game, uh, maybe even a small plus price, then taking them from there to kind of win this thing. Because we'll talk about the struggles of the Golden State Warriors. They've not been perfect in the series by any stretch. So you need to come back to be the John Morant list Memphis Grizzlies. On the other side, uh, let's talk a little bit of baseball. The Anaheim Angels, they continue to do it. And I got to tell you, folks, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. I think they're a contender in the American League. We'll discuss when we come back. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Ooh. 
Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get your edge this playoff season with the Body Armor Edge Basketball Throwdown. Join four free Fantasy Hoops contests and play for your share of $20,000 in total cash prizes while the action unfolds on the court. Head to DraftKings.com slash Body Armor Edge now to draft your best lineup and find out if you'll outlast the competition. Body Armor, more than a sports drink. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. A shout-out to the crew downstairs uh, because uh, there was levity brought with the uh, picture B-roll of uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. Or maybe it wasn't the crew downstairs. I know we put these together early. Regardless, it made me laugh. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, what happened last night. Uh, Reed Detmers, how about this performance? The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, or as I call them, the Anaheim Angels. A no-no yesterday for the Halos. Huh? Reed Detmers throws a no-hitter, his 11th career Major League Baseball start on Tuesday, the seventh fewest by a pitcher. This is according to ESPN Stats and Info. His two strikeouts were the fewest in a no-hitter since Francisco Liriano in 2011. How about that? Detmers performs in a very big way. Uh, gets a little lucky with the no-no on an error charge to Jared Walsh. But regardless, kind of speaks to how the Angels have been playing at this point right now. I was actually just telling my wife yesterday, as an Angels fan, I hate to tell you, I hate to say it, but the, the Angels they might be pretty good, and they might be a contender, at least for the American League West. And we continue on with them because today – they continue their series with the Tampa Bay Rays. Anaheim opens up a dollar eighteen favorite, plus one hundred eight coming back on Tampa Bay. Shane McClanahan is going to get the start to oppose Shohei Otani. Rays come in three game losing streak. Angels on a three game winning streak. Halos have been playing pretty good at home as well, twelve and six at home up to this point of the season. And I don't think it can be stressed enough here with the Anaheim Angels, specifically with Shohei Otani on the hill tonight. How much better Otani has been performing? As a pitcher, and yes, I would say better as a pitcher. Um, you look at this overall strikeouts up for Otani 1401 per nine, 38% strikeout rate. His command has improved as well, finding his own 48.8% of the time, a walk rate of just 4.6%. His velocity 
is up to. It's been incredible when you're watching Otani and the way that he's been working as a pitcher. Like, numbers across the board have been up. And it's interesting, too, because for this price, we're actually starting to see this move in the direction of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. This reached as high as minus 122. Now we're down to, like, minus 111 in favor of Shohei Otani. Uh, let's see. And the reason behind that move as well looks like Mike Trout is not in the lineup today for Otani. I'm double-checking the lineups that are just posted here. Uh, Jeff Fletcher over at the uh, Orange County Register just posted it. Yeah, no, there is no Mike Trout in the lineup today. So that would explain the uh, move toward the Tampa Bay Rays here. Trout's pretty good. It wouldn't impact the line. Uh, but regardless, if you look at it, Otani's been awesome. Right? That's where you start here. And if two, by the way, the Rays lineup is has been struggling a little bit in this series, and as of late, they were 10-38 on Monday, which is fine, but they were 1-16 runners in scoring position. Just no hit yesterday against the Halos, too. And on the flip side, you give McClanahan, who has been just as incredible for Tampa Bay through this start of the season. 306 ERA, 302 expected ERA, a 313 fielding independent, doing a way better job this season of keeping the ball down as well. Almost like an untenable rate there for McClanahan. 247 ground ball to fly ball ratio while striking out way more hitters. 1308 per nine, 36.7% K rate. Done a great job, but I do wonder... This Angels team, like we talk about the pitching, which I'll get to in a moment as a, as in a bigger picture because our colleague Adam Burke did a really good job in terms of you know, writing up the regression report that he does and the Angels pitching is at the front center of that. The Angels lineup, though, they now lead the league and way to runs created plus coming into today at 127. Fifth in WRC plus against left-handed pitching and fourth in batting average against against lefties. And that would, of course, include one McClanahan. So we'll see if this lineup can perform very well against McClanahan like they have against lefties this entire season. But again, Mike Trout not in the lineup would alter that price just a little bit as we've seen up to this point. Uh, but as we're talking about the Angels, too, uh, to give Burke a shout-out because he actually tweeted this out, um, the irony, as he put it, of t- uh, writing about the Angels and regression coming from a pitching standpoint, and they, uh, they throw a no-hitter that day. But I-, I think he brings up a pretty good point in terms of the pitching. Uh, men in scoring position, Angels pitching staff is allowed a 176, 256, 298 slash line, 247 Woba. Batting average on balls in play against the Angels pitchers is 191. That is the best mark in the league, but – that it's also wildly below average and something that might have to, or that probably will correct itself at some point. So as he notes, uh, again, skating tripods up on Twitter. Adam does a great job. You can find all these write-ups every day at vcin.com. Uh, means a lot of balls in play. So these numbers are going to go through a period of regression, as he notes. It's going to be a team that gives up a lot more runs, 18th in strikeout rate with runners in scoring position, the Angels are. So their pitching staff not getting a lot of guys to strike out, but getting lucky with balls in play does seem like there's going to be some regression. Now you really hope that that is not the case, at least too extreme, because the Angels, that's been the biggest strength outside of their lineup, has been the way that this pitching staff has improved and the way that they have looked. So I don't really love what Adam had to say. But regardless, these are the kind of things that you want to look for when it comes to pitching staffs, regressions, and things as you move forward in a season like baseball which is long and arduous and um, has a lot of room for some hot starts and then some regression coming their way. Other games on the board that I think are worth mentioning here, I wanted to bring up Nate Eovaldi, who is going to uh, take on the Atlanta Braves today. And Eovaldi, the start that he has been on, has been incredible up to this point. And the numbers are tight across the board. Opens up here, the Atlanta Braves, in the range of uh, $1.25. Plus 115 coming back on the opener. You're seeing it here. Braves down to minus 114. Total 7.5 shaded to the under of the open. We're actually up here to 8 shaded to the over. Red Sox won last time out. Last 10 haven't been great. They're 7-10 and 10 on the road this year. But Eovaldi, you look at these splits, man. 294 ERA. 
two nine uh, two uh, a uh, three ninety nine expected ERA, which is solid. The thing that I think worries you about a guy like Eovaldi, fielding independent four sixty seven, and I think we're I'm going to try to get Adam on later this week because I was texting him about this. Um, a couple of days ago. So as a handicapper myself in the past, I have used uh, expected fielding independent XFIP uh, as like the barometer in terms of searching for pitchers for regression, right? Like the delta between those two. And if there's some regression coming for one guy or if he's, you know, getting a little unlucky, you always want to find context to that. But still, it's the way that I have used it. But he brought up a great point with like these dead balls and the way that XFIP is measured. Uh, that maybe that this might uh, cause a little bit of uh, variance and a little bit of noise in terms of expected fielding independent. Because if you look at it for Eovaldi, 294 ERA, 291 expected fielding independent, it would essentially tell you in a very dumbed-down way that what you're seeing is what you get. But if you look at some of these under metrics, fielding independent for Eovaldi is 467. The expected ERA a full run higher as well. So maybe there is something coming uh, for Eovaldi in terms of not being as effective as he has been to start the season. But on the flip side, you get Ian Anderson uh, getting the start here for the Atlanta Braves. And up to this point, Anderson, is uh, it's not really gone that well for him. 401 ERA, 505 fielding independent for Anderson at this point right now. You kind of understand the market moving against him here. He's had a really big issue with walks through 24 and two-thirds innings of work, walking nearly five and a half guys every nine innings, not getting anywhere near, and like last year, he wasn't a dominant strikeout pitcher by any stretch, but got, not getting anywhere near the strikeouts that he was even a season ago. 657 in terms of the strikeouts per nine innings. The K rate is abysmally low for him too. So you can kind of see why there would be some room here for him to kind of uh, get dinged up again by the Boston Red Sox and why the market would come off of that minus 125 price and move in the direction of the Red Sox. So from there, one more to get to because we're going to have Dave Koken coming up here in a couple of minutes, and he actually just sent me another play that he was on later today, and I think that ties into Mike Trout not being in the lineup. We'll get his thoughts on that. Don't take my word for it. Houston on the road against Minnesota. Jose Urquidy is going to get the start here for the uh, Houston Astros. And Urquidy's a guy that I have tried to take shots against in the past. Uh, did it actually just last week when he was getting the start opposing Scooble and the uh, Detroit Tigers. And you can see why, because he has not really been great and his metrics do not paint a great picture. 456 ERA, 610 expected ERA, and a fielding independent of 446. He was never again, just like we were talking about with Anderson, he was never a dominant strikeout a guy either to begin with. Uh, but this year, the strikeout numbers are down across the board. For Uquiti at this point, he is not really a guy that I think is worth backing right now. But we see this price upwards of $1.20 over here at the South Point, uh, total 8 and, a half. and uh, on the other end, and this might be why, Chris Archer getting the start, and Archer's numbers are worse across the board. Well, he's off to a good start in terms of his ERA, expected ERA of 528, fielding independent of nearly 58 not really good. Archer's had a lot of issues with command this season, averaging over uh, four walks every nine innings, and the home runs, like the contact he's given up, the hard hit rate, and the balls that are going out of the park against him uh, have not been great. Hard hit rate now so far, a 44.4% for Chris Archer. Not a really good mark for him. Balls are leaving the park at a really high rate. Fly ball. And this is a guy that Archer, back in, the, in his past, right, uh, was a really heavy ground ball guy. Uh, but each of the last three seasons, we've seen this get really bad for him. This year so far, 0.77 in terms of ground ball to fly ball ratio. And when these balls are traveling up, they are getting out of the park. And that seems to be a problem for Archer. So you can kind of understand, again, when you're talking about a price of minus 115 in favor of Houston on the road. And it's not a big bump, but a bump ever so slightly in favor of the Houston Astros to about minus 120 here. And the total going from 7.5 at the open over minus 120 to 8.5 shaded to the over at minus 115. It's a, a matchup between two pitchers that I don't really think are that solid, and it does seem like this could be a matchup in which these two teams um, 
have a higher scoring affair when we see them play it later today. So it's not really a great uh, schedule later tonight. Again, all these day games that are currently underway right now, we do have some finals in the books too. We'll ask, um, Wes Koken about the Yankees final, who get a win 5-3 over the Toronto Blue Jays. Pittsburgh steals one from the Los Angeles Dodgers as well by the same score of 5-3. And, uh, oh, by the way, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. Worth updating, the Reds got it done. 14-11, the final score there in their matchup with the Milwaukee Brewers. When we come back, professional handicapper Dave Koken will get his thoughts on the night games tonight what he's looking at, and uh, got to ask him about the Miami Marlins. We asked him about it last week, and we're going to follow up on that conversation when we come back. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN Spring Special is here. For only 59 bucks, you're going to get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. Next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSIN.com. Subscribers are going to have access to all of it. Adam Burke's got daily Major League Baseball best bets. I've got best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs, plus lots of NFL preseason coverage. Schedule release tomorrow. Not to mention continued best bets, premium articles, including sports like golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, Hit it up, vcin.com slash spring, $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. All right, let's welcome in Dave Koken, Smoking Koken, nice enough to give us some time today. Matt Humans is on vacation, so it's just me and Dave uh, chat a little bit about baseball. Dave, appreciate it, as always, for you to come on here today. Oh, it's a pleasure, John. Uh, now, uh, I wanted to ask, there's, there's a lot going on in Major League Baseball, but first I wanted to ask you about one of the finals that we just saw earlier today. 14-11, uh, to 11, the Cincinnati Reds get it done. I think it's now three out of four. Um, since this took fire, right, since everybody started talking about this, the Reds have decided to win some games. And I do think it speaks to, Dave, like everybody was like, hey, man, run line, let's play it, let's lay it. But you're starting to lay prices with those. Value gets sapped out of it, and eventually these teams are going to win some of these baseball games. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, not that you're going to see me betting on the Reds. I'm still going to look for situations to play against them because they can't pitch. And they just have nobody that can pitch. And, you know, today they happen to score 14 runs and won a ball game, but they still gave up 11. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they're going to Pittsburgh for the weekend, so they've got a chance to maybe pick up a couple more wins. Not like the Pirates are a machine themselves. Well, in the uh, the market, too, I, I wonder how they handle it, right? Because over the weekend, they, they just played the Pirates. I think, was it two out of the three, they closed as underdogs at home. So I'm really yeah. curious how the market would price them now that they've won a couple and now that they're going to go on the road against Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, well, we'll be, see what happens in the first game, uh, which goes tomorrow. I think it's Overton pitching for uh, Cincinnati. Yep. and uh, Brubaker. Uh, Brubaker. I haven't seen a number yet on the game, but the Pirates will be favored of the game. Uh We'll have to see who's available in the Cincinnati pen. Overton's not going long distance. He's, he, you know, four or five innings, you figure. Uh, my cat is making an appearance, by the way. Uh, the uh, And they used up the bullpen, which isn't very good to begin with. Yep. So, I, you know, there's certain teams that it's not a bad idea to just stay away from them, right. period, because they're just, you're risking a lot anytime you play on them. And sometimes they're just, the prices are just too high to bet against them. 
So we we go from there to another game, and this one's actually underway, top of the third, but this goes to a topic that I asked you about last week, and they've played the Diamondbacks. Actually, I think this is what their their sixth game in the last week against them, but the Miami Marlins, you know, I was talking to you about the prices that the Marlins have been laying, the market respect for this team, Uh, but this is not a team that's been performing very well, and still, and again, it's Arizona that's not power rated very high, it seems, you know, laying small prices on the road against Arizona in this series. The market hasn't really seemingly budged on the Marlins despite some of these returns. What have you made of this because I'm looking at some of these matchups you know the other day uh, against Madison Bumgarner uh, the the market seems to be a little high and refusing to budge on the way that they've been pricing Miami over the last uh, I'd say what week or two well I think part of it is that Miami's pitching is so good yeah uh, outside of Fernandez at the back end of the rotation their first four match up favorably with almost any other rotation in baseball uh, but the Diamondbacks are a hot baseball team right now it looks like they might be getting cooled off today but, you know, Arizona's not a team that uh, you've been making money going against. Now, this is reminiscent of last season, though. Bear that in mind. The Diamondbacks were kind of hanging around 500 through the first 30 or so games. And then they went real bad. Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen again, not to that extent. But it wouldn't surprise me uh, if with their lack of offense, and their lack of offense, offense is pretty clear. It's a bad lineup. The pitching isn't going to hold up all season. And they're a team you're probably going to be able to take some shots against. So that, that was going to be my next question. Which which of the arms do you think is the most reliable? Like, I'm a big fan, a fan of Zach Gallen. The kid's oh, been yeah. awesome. He's fantastic. But you've got three guys now in this rotation. Gallen's got an 0-95, a 178 for Bumgarner. Kelly's got a 122. He's going today right now. Is it just Gallen you think that is the reliable arm in this lineup, or excuse me, in this rotation? I think Mad Bum, to a certain extent, uh, he's competitive. Uh Merrill Kelly is not going to keep this up. Yeah. He's a better he's a better pitcher than he used to be, but he's still a mid to back end ro- rotation guy. Uh, I think the Diamondbacks, when they get on the road, will have some troubles because they just can't hit. It's a it's a really bad lineup. Uh, it is uh, my fantasy baseball team. Uh, I was I felt really smart taking Dalton Varsho later in the uh, the draft. He's kind of come along a little bit, but uh, it's not been as effective as I would hoped he would be. All right, we got a couple of games that are going to start later today. Uh, you sent one in, so let's uh, let's talk about this because this actually uh, this not this bet, but I am going to get involved in this game tonight. Uh, Otani taking the hill for the Angels, opposing McClanahan and the Rays. We do get news today, or excuse me, a couple minutes ago, that today Mike Trout will not be in the lineup. He is available right. to hit. So Madden said uh, that it's not just a just a day arrest here. Uh, first five total you're playing here with the news that Trout's not going to be in the lineup? Well, it wasn't really the news that Trout okay. is not in the lineup. I, I like the pitching matchup with McClanahan versus Shohei. And what I really like, and this is a, a, a long-term bet for me. I've been I've been probably making this bet almost every time it shows up for like 20 years. When you have this starting time, 4 o'clock Pacific time in Anaheim, the glare and the shadows in that ballpark are about the worst in baseball for hitters. Uh, and I've been told that by big league hitters. Uh, they, 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 they can't see the ball. And so for the first two or three innings of this game, you got some hard throwers out there. And McClanahan and Otani throw both of them close, you know, close to 100 miles an hour. I, I can definitely see nothing, nothing after three innings. And by that time, you know... Uh, you could be sitting comfortably with under three mm-hmm. for first five. After that, who cares? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, if the bullpens come through, they do, and if they don't, they don't. Uh, plus, I, I would assume Margot might be out again for Tampa. He's been their hottest hitter, yep. and no, no trout just adds to it. Uh, I think this has a good chance to cash in. At three, you're only going to uh, lay 105, or maybe get it even money. 
So before we had John, I was going through some of Otani's numbers. The underlying metrics actually kind of show he's pitching better this year, Dave. Yeah. Like, is, it, is that is that something you think he's getting more comfortable? Is that just a hot start here? Because it's pretty surprising. Like, velocity's up. He's getting more guys to swing and miss. He's finding the zone more often. It's been – he looks better than he did a year ago. Which isn't surprising in a sense because he's just heading into his peak years uh, as a pitcher and a hitter. I mean, the next few years for this guy could be absolutely incredible if he stays healthy. And it's a big reason why, if you're an Angels fan, you're going to be feeling great about things right now. I mean, they look like a playoff team this year. And uh, maybe we're finally going to get to see Trout and Shohei in the the, uh, postseason. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, A uh, postseason win for Mike Trout as an Angels fan. I would like to see that at least one time uh, before I leave this earth. All right, let's talk talk Mets-Nationals really quickly. I mainly kind of just want to focus on the pitching matchup, and specifically for the Mets, uh, because they're $1.80 favorite on the screen right now. Totals eight. Uh, But Tyler McGill has been absolutely fantastic for the New York Metropolitans. Uh, Last time out, five and a third, three earned runs against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, But outside of a start against the Giants, his worst performance as a starting pitcher, uh, he worth a price like this in terms of laying a buck 80 on the road against the low Nationals? I didn't want to lay that much, uh, but I would only look at the Mets. And an interesting thing on Tyler McGill, he incorporated a little toe tap into his delivery, kind of the Greg Maddox toe tap, which DeGrom also uses. And it seems to have gotten him a nice rhythm, and he's become a, a much better pitcher, a pitcher than anticipated. Uh, he looks like he's sticking around in that rotation even after DeGrom comes back. I would think Taiwan Walker might end up being the odd man out. Yeah, well, McGill's been absolutely awesome uh, to watch up to this point. Other team, I wanted to get you two more games to get your thoughts on before uh, we get something on golf, if you got anything. Um, athletics and Tigers, it does look like the Tigers are the home <laughs> team here this time around. No, but I'm just curious. So, like, they're 9-21. and 21. Tigers were kind of like a hot team coming into the season, right? They were, they were yeah, totally close, some spots like 77 and a half. This lineup's been bad, though, Dave, like really bad. Yeah, um, much to my surprise. I thought they were going to be improved offensively this year, and it hasn't happened. Oakland, I think, does have the worst lineup in baseball. And, uh, you know, you look at these two pitchers and you say, well, this this has got to be an over. And then you look at the performance of the two uh, offenses and it's like, uh, no, no, no way. <laughs> uh, so I, I did manage to get a win out of Oakland with Blackburn, who's been pitching extremely well. Yep. Um, and, you know, the Tigers pitching staff isn't horrible. But they got to hit the baseball, and they're not doing it right now. Nope. Uh, actually, I backed Scooble against uh, the Astros, what, last week in the first five, and uh, he got one. He didn't get any support at all in that matchup against Riquiti. All right, before we get you out of here, last 90, uh, golf this weekend. I know we got the PGA Championship coming up next week. Uh, what is it, Byron Nelson coming up this weekend? Do you have anything? Yeah. yeah very strong field uh, for, this, uh, for this event, which is a little surprising because the week before a major, you usually don't see this strong a field. I decided not to... Uh, play Scheffler. Uh, you know, I think it might be a tune-up for him. Uh, I, I did take Will Zalatoris. Eventually, he's going to win one. This might be the field he can do it against. And then I took two longer shots, which were, uh, who were they? Uh, Alex Noren and uh, Davis Riley. Davis Riley at a nice price. He's playing great golf and looks like a guy who's going to break through and get a win. Burns is the most obvious guy in the tournament, along with Scheffler. Uh, but the prices on them were unattractive. And I decided, uh, not that Zalatoris is a great price, but I went with him and then the two longer shots. Dave, appreciate it as always, man. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure, John. Thank you, sir. Yep, you got it. Dave Koken, Smoking Koken. You can follow him on Twitter at Dave Koken. Uh, Fan of cats as well. Good cat. 
I used to have a cat, and like that one was a little bit more cantankerous. And in camera shots like that, uh, there'd be a lot of paws to the face and like hissing and whatnot. So it went very well. All right, we'll come back and wrap up the show. We got best bets. Uh, we got them from Matt Humans, myself, as we head off uh, into the Wednesday evening of playoff action in the NBA. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free tired of restless nights meet lisa the sleep experts <sighs> here at lisa we know that good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health that's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Are you ready for a fresh start? 
a real fresh start. With lasting change, take the Zen 10 Challenge, switch up the way that you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days of your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at ZYN.com slash 10. That's ZYN.com slash 10. Zen Nicotine Pouches are only for adults 21 or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, last couple of minutes here on the program. Uh, we get to best bets, as we always do at this time. Uh, we'll start with the NBA. Nothing to recap from yesterday because no plays from yesterday in the association. Um, disappointed by this, the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Distance, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Anyway, for today, as we talked about to open the show, put the money where the mouth is. Buck Celtics over. I uh, got it to 213 and a half. It's down to 213, so you can get a better number there in terms of playing this over the total. Uh, I do think that this sets up for a better situation for the Celtics offensively, who have shown a little bit more life in two out of the four games that we have played up to this point. The Bucks. the thing that might get me here is the Bucks not having a um, a great offensive performance. But if the shot quality metrics hold up, as we have seen over the last two games, and if we get a little bit of a quicker game uh, like we kind of saw, especially on Saturday, uh, I do think that this sets itself up to be a, a little bit over the total, especially when you talk about the uh, the opening number of 218.5 for game one of the series all the way down to where we're at at this point right now. So I feel comfortable in playing this thing over the total. And, again, from a side perspective, personally made this just over 4.5, so a little high on the side, but nothing in terms of value that, uh, for me, is worth playing at this point right now. A shout-out to uh, Dave Koken again, who uh, joined us earlier and wanted to throw out there um, plays in terms of Matt Humans as well, who uh, helped us out. But remi- a reminder, Dave Koken was with us, first five under on Rays and Angels. For Matt Humans, added some matchups for the golf this weekend. Um, he's on. Look at this. He's on vacation, and he wanted to share plays with you guys. First off, the actual straight-up plays, as you know, Sam Burns at 20-1, to 1, Will Zalatoris 23-1, to 1, Cam Champ at 60-1, to 1, and Ryan Palmer at 125-1 to 1 for Matt. That's in terms of outrights. Uh, added these earlier in terms of matchups today, too. Uh, Scotty Scheffler. Over Xander Shoffley, $1.60 price tag there. Burns over DJ, minus 110. And McNeely over Kokrak, uh, Kokrak that is uh, minus 115. So again, Scheffler minus 160 over Shoffley. Burns minus 110 over Johnson. And McNeely minus 115 over Kokrak for this weekend's golf tournament for Matt Eumanns. Also a winner on the Dallas Mavericks yesterday for Matt Eumanns. So a good call there as the uh, Mavericks got smoked on the road by the Phoenix Suns. And I said disappointing, and I would say that it is a very disappointing performance from the Dallas Mavericks because I thought they really discovered something in the two games in Dallas in terms of the way they were playing offensively, really getting into the painted area, kicking it out to open shooters, not allowing uh, the offense to get a little bit stagnant as it did at times yesterday. Uh, But sometimes you run into some cold shooting. Sometimes you can get the shot that you want, and ultimately the shots don't fall kind of happened with the Dallas Mavericks yesterday. Uh, the shot quality scores, this is, again, I cannot stress enough. It's a really good uh, a really good account and a really good website to check out at shot underscore quality up on Twitter. Shot quality score from last night, though, for the Mavericks and the Suns. Remember the actual score, 110 to 80. Uh, but the shot quality score, 108 to 102. So probably a little bit of a better shooting performance that should have been at least for the Dallas Mavericks. And a 108 to 102 final also gets you a cover there because, remember, they closed to seven-point favorites. So this goes back to Dallas, of course, as we know, and uh, that is going to be a 3-2 series as they are looking to stave off elimination. So let's talk about that and uh, the uh, other series that we saw last night. So the opener for that game between these two, this goes down on Thursday. Phoenix opens on the road as a two-point favorite with a total of some spots as high as 214. We've seen this total come down, though, to 214. Of all the series, 
This seems to be one that, from a total perspective, is very much correlated to the side, right? Like the Dallas Mavericks uh, really want to make this kind of a mucked-up game. They want to slow it down. They want these games uh, to be a little bit closer to the vest, if you will. We saw that transpire in the two games at Dallas. Uh, but what's interesting from a number standpoint is, again, think about where we were for the, for the two games in Dallas. Mavericks in game three go off as about a point favorite, depending on where you looked for your numbers. And that was the market pricing in the team down to nothing, going back home type of deal. Um, and then they go off as, think about that. Just think about that difference. Game three, they go off as a one point favorite in some spots. Game four, they go off as a three point underdog at home against the Phoenix Suns. And we get the opener here for game six back in Dallas. They are catching two with a total of two twelve and a half. There are some one and a halfs out there. I'm going to assume that the, the one and a halfs become the more predominant number on the screen as we get there. Yes, there was a lopsided result that we just saw in Phoenix. But again, we see these teams, we cannot stress it enough, uh, how well they have performed at home in this round. And I thought it would be the opposite. You know, you think that maybe the home teams play certain, like are stronger, much stronger, especially with some of these higher-seeded teams against lower-seeded teams. But when you get more evenly matched and you have some sort of advantage or you need one or the other, playing at home somewhat provides it. So I would think that we're going to get down to that one-and-a-half range here for the Phoenix Suns. It puts you right in line potentially uh, with where this should be, right? Three-and-a-half uh, on a new, excuse me, four and a half under neutral, seven and a half uh, on um, on Phoenix's home court is what we're talking about here for one and a half. So a little bit out of line with what we saw yesterday. But if you want to make a slight adjustment from what we've seen, it puts you right in line with where it should be. So I'd say one, one and a half, the closing number there. Now, as far as the other game is concerned, Phoenix, or excuse me, Philadelphia, I should say, opens up two and a half point favorite at home with a total of 208. Again, we're kind of off from the number that we saw in that last game in Philly. I mean, at least we should have, right? Uh, we saw that open up one and a half, get as high as two and a half. They end up winning that game. So now we're back at that number of two and a half here with a total of 207 and a half for the Philadelphia 76ers after they get run off the floor yesterday. Looked pretty scary, too. Joel Embiid uh, gets the ball just jammed right in his face. A lot of pain it seemed like he was in. But if you're looking at this, and th- like this is what kind of drives you crazy, I think, with some of these series that in these conference semifinals. I was on with Mitchell Paul earlier today, and again, you you can you want to go through all the numbers and everything like that. But when you're talking about a Philadelphia 76ers team that in three games on the road in this series have shot under 30% on wide open three point attempts. Again, you're talking about defender six feet or farther away and 40% on those wide open looks at home. I mean, the only thing you can chalk it up to is that they seem just like playing at home, and that's kind of agonizingly simple when it comes to the analysis for these games, uh, but that has been the case. Miami, it's the same thing. They shot an extremely poor rate in terms of their wide-open looks from beyond the arc in Philadelphia, and those open looks as well. So now you go back on the road to try to close this thing out, and you are starting to see a, a little bit of buyback here in some spots. Circa sits at Philly minus two with that total of 207.5, and, and I do think out of all of these matchups, if you're talking about a home team not getting support, on their own court, uh, I think it's probably going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I think the market is um, – it came in on Miami yesterday, and I do think that the market is um, probably a little bit stronger on Miami as a road team than it would be in these other series. So we expect that maybe two is probably the close, but I wouldn't see a lot of movement there. As far as my actual thoughts on it, I bet Philly to win that series right before game four at 3-1. to one. It's uh, in a tough spot now because they're like plus 325 as high as four dollars Miami Heat are in this series so we'll see how this plays out maybe in game there's an opportunity uh, to get some wiggle room there but regardless Philly and obviously the tough spot down three two and looking pretty lifeless outside of the role players because James Harden did not show up 
shockingly enough. Really quickly before we get out of here, because I didn't get enough on uh, Golden State and Memphis, want to get back to this really quickly, uh, because we talked about the situation mostly for the Memphis Grizzlies tonight, who are catching four. Again, this opened up in some spots as two and a half. But to focus on the Golden State Warriors in what they have done in the series, keep in mind that they have not really been that good. Outside of the Game 3 performance, which they blew out the Memphis Grizzlies, this team has been wildly inconsistent. The first two games of this series, an offensive rating of 106 in Memphis, turning the ball over at a high clip. We saw what happened in Game 4 in terms of their offensive showing there. They had an offensive rating in half-court situations of under 90, which is not very good for a half-court offensive rating. The shot quality metrics actually were right in line with what the final score was. It shows you how good Memphis can be defensively, too. I just... I'm not at a point here with the Warriors where pre-flop you're looking at laying four, even without John Morant out there. I cannot stress this enough. The Grizzlies are not a better team without John Morant, but they are clearly a better defensive team without John Morant. And with the way the Warriors play, like this weird lackadaisical style of basketball that we have seen them play now consistently in this series in three of the four games, just don't really buy into them coming out here and – doing what the Grizzlies did the other night, which is covering wire-to-wire, essentially, as a 10.5-point underdog, 9.5-point underdog, depending on where you shot for those numbers. Uh, the Warriors have not done that. And the Grizzlies have discovered a little, a little, a little bit in terms of their size. Jaron Jackson Jr. was really good and held up in ISO situations in multiple situ- uh, spots in that game in Game 4. Steven Adams came back, performed admirably as well in his short time on the floor. I think he was plus 11 in a short stint out there for them in that matchup. And the Warriors are a little small. So that size really plays to the advantage of Memphis, who can – you should, you at least. You should have an advantage that did not take place in the first few games of the series. But from a side perspective, pre-flop, nothing here. Plan is Memphis get off to a really hot start in the first quarter. Uh, maybe look like you're going to be pretty competitive here and come in late in-game on the Golden State Warriors uh, to potentially take this thing later tonight. So we'll see if that's actually going to be the case as the uh, Warriors have been some pretty slow starters in this series. And actually, they were kind of slow starters against Denver, too, if you really go back and think about it. I thought I was going to chalk that up to Curry coming off of the bench, but not the case. All right, we'll come back tomorrow. we got a good show already on tap um, in terms of Major League Baseball betting awards. We'll discuss that and much more. Uh, until then, vcin.com slash podcast and My Guys in the Desert coming up next. We'll see you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.